The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? And free agency and all kinds of cool stuff. Hey, let's do this. It's a Tuesday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for a Tuesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe with me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon. No A.J. today. Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort, back. You want to get in? 713 780 ESPN's your number, 713 780 3776. Or get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, send a message. Aaron shall read it if he wants to. There's Twitter at Fred Fowler, F A O U R, at the underscore Jermaine, as Jermaine Every joins us again today. At Aaron is Blitzed, at Degenerates975. You can text the show, you know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch. You know the number for that, too. Real simple. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Join the crew on there and get involved in all the conversation. And you get to hear what's going on on the breaks. And it's a Tuesday. Usually you guys are in a really bad mood, especially you texters. I really don't give a rat's ass. We're going to have fun today. So there. It's happening, Mr. Every. Oh, nothing. Sports, stuff, life, all kinds of crap. That didn't sound good. (laughs) the whole world sucks man (laughs) now you know when you're dealing with different issues and then you say okay i think i got this under control and then something else happens like crap now you got to fix something else so just little crap popping up at the last minute bothering me but it's all good we're gonna have a great show today i see so you're, you're you're bringing this negativity like right off the bat like, oh, my day sucks. My life sucks. It's so busy. Yeah, but we're, we're going to have a great show, though, because, like, once I got in here and after I just got off that phone call and I didn't get the answers that I wanted or needed, it was just like, oh, screw it. Let's just go kill a show. Not kill the show, but I, kill it. Doesn't it feel like he's already trying to kill the show, Aaron? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I, I, I hate to break it to you. I'm not going to come in here and be Eeyore for, for, for three hours. <laughs> oh, dear. Jermaine's having a bad day. <laughs> No, oh. no, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all. It's just I think that piglet's kind of cute. Oh I want to play pin the tail on the piglet. You sound like Cal. <laughs> no, Cal talks way slower than Eeyore. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, what's up, man? Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Are you really glad to be back, Aaron? I am. I enjoyed my day off for my anniversary with my wife, but if I had it my way, it would always fall on like a Saturday. So gotcha. I could be here, but but then you guys the, kind of make it like a, an anniversary weekend. Uh, yes and no. I mean, we went out to dinner on Sunday. Okay, that's part and of the then weekend. We I made dinner yesterday, and we went and spent time together yesterday. So you guys still like each other? Yeah, you seem to. Whenever I see you guys together, she's willing to put up with me. Right. I don't, you know, that's that's good. That's good. That's uh, that's not common. I'll just say that. All you got to do. Now, is, only time will tell how long that lasts. Well, but. yeah. I mean, everything has a shelf life, but you, you know, all you have to do is look across the room here at the guy who's been married three and a half times and the other guy who's single now. So, you know, trust us. <laughs> Take our advice. Uh, if you got a good one, hang on to it. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, if you find a good one, keep her. 
Like, do what you got to do. Keep her. And she's a good earner. That's that's the most important thing. Okay, this this is your this is your life lesson for the day. Nothing else matters. Is she a good earner? And if so, you can kind of put up with all her crap because if she's not, you're gonna have to put up with her crap anyway. And you might as well have a good earner out of it. So far, I haven't had to get a real job yet. So, yeah, well, this this kind of you're counts. winning. Yeah. You 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 are winning, my friend. You, you haven't you, you have haven't had no to go idea. get a real job like in oil and gas where you get paid. Yeah, <laughs> so. and working eighty hours. I mean, now when I was part time in radio, I did work eighty hours because I was juggling three jobs to make sure that my end of the bills were picked up. But I still get to play radio guy every day. So there you go. Aaron Aaron's a hard worker. He really is. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys know this about Aaron. Before he came here, he was working like twenty seven jobs at one point. Well, he was he was doing stuff for us and like every other station in the city, and working at the tire place and uh, the pit place, all kinds of stuff. He just kind of yeah. worked his butt off. So I'm I'm glad to see that you're kind of reaping the benefits of your wife being an astronaut now. So there, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So I do have some bad news for Texans fan who was kind of hoping for a certain. Oh, there's breaking news. Yep. Go ahead, Jermaine. The Texans have signed Tyrod Taylor. Okay. That makes up for the news that I was about to talk about, which is that Ryan Fitzpatrick signed with the football team. Two-year, $12.5 million deal. Okay, that's that's the kind of deal that... Sorry, I, one year. One year? Okay. I, th- I read it wrong. Like Everybody that they've signed is one year, basically, which is smart. Uh, I'll go on record as saying I think this is a pretty good signing. Uh, I think this is the kind of guy that... Now, in the 1% world where Deshaun Watson wakes up and says, you know what, I've kind of been being a putz about this. Let's go work things out. It's a pretty good backup to have. And in the real world where he winds up getting traded and you bring in a a younger quarterback, I mean, that's exactly what the Chargers were going to do last year with uh, Justin Herbert, who I I, I mean, I still can't look at that name and not think it should be Hebert. But uh, that's what he was supposed to do until some doctor – Messed him up, which probably should have called Lawyer Dave after that. But uh, I, I like it. I like Tyrod Taylor. You can win games with Tyrod Taylor. Ideally, he's not your starter. Ideally, he's a guy who fills in two or three games while Deshaun or whomever is hurt. But if he winds up being your starter, you could do a lot worse. I think that given the fact that he signed him for one year at $12.5 million, to me that speaks of spot starter and there's a trade imminent. Um, because backup quarterbacks don't make twelve and a half million. Backup quarterbacks five, seven, eight million. So I, I have to see the the actual hit before. Uh, but if it's if he's making a one year twelve million dollar deal, you're kind of bringing him in to be your bridge quarterback. Yeah, of course. No, no question. Um, if it was two years twelve million, then that's different. That's more like a okay. Um, that's your backup. Because that's I mean that's a fair price for a quality backup quarterback. Twelve million is. Eh, Pretty good chunk of change. I think that probably does tell you. And H Town says it's incentives up to twelve million. So I need to know what the what he's actually getting paid. Because if it's closer to seven or eight, then you're paying a little bit of a premium for a backup quarterback. But probably one of the better backups in the league. Uh, if, if you really want to be honest, if that guy's your backup quarterback, I, I think he's one of the top five backups in the league. Probably closer to the you know the, the five end of that, but still pretty good. So. I mean, the real question is, if he ends up being your starter, and this is a full tank year, 
is he going to keep you? Is he going to win just enough games to keep you out of that number one pick? Um, I don't know. Based on what I've seen the last two days, I, I I'm kind of. All right, you know what though? For Tyrod Taylor, you know what I have to do? I have to give Nick another half point. So he's up to a three now. Nick is now a three. Now there were a couple signings yesterday that I thought about taking a half away for. Uh, because if you look at the in total, yeah, they've added probably four real NFL players to this roster and a bunch of maybes when they're but to to be fair, the entire roster was a bunch of maybes before that. So I'll go back to Sunday. I like the uh I like the Marcus Cannon trade. I think that's a, a quality NFL player, and that gives you some options on the offensive line. I like the Shaq Lawson trade. You get rid of a, a guy who is absolutely useless, and you bring in, uh, an, again, an NFL player. I think they've signed a couple guys that, that fit that or could be that. Uh, the rest of them, a lot of spe- – and, and Andre Roberts, as far as special teams go, I don't know how much emphasis you want to put on special teams. Justin Britt was decent. Justin Britt was a decent sign. He's an NFL player if he's healthy. Roberts is an NFL player. Uh, Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram is a rotation back at this stage of his career, but he's still, he's a guy, I, I look at it as would other teams want these guys. I think all those guys that we mentioned, another team would like to have. I think what they're doing is like, um, like let's say you, normally when you go to a garage sales on Saturday mornings, people wake up really early so you can get all the good stuff before everybody else does. The Texans basically waited, ate lunch, and then went to the garage sale and just kind of picked over everything that was left over. Mott was asking, did uh, Brisket make $20 million last year? I want to say it was like fifteen. Yeah, he was paid like a starter because he was the starter until they brought in Rivers. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, and so if it's $10 million with $2 million in incentives, which is what people are saying, and again, I haven't looked it up yet because it just happened, then, yeah, that's that's more than just a backup quarterback. That's your that's your bridge guy, which should tell you that the Watson trade is coming. I hope, yeah, definitely. I, I just hope we get it. I hope it gets done. I'm so sick of talking about Deshaun Watson. So did the Bears really sign Andy Dalton? Yeah. Oh, my One year, God. $10 million. I'm just guessing because, you know, I have a lot of friends who are Bears fans, and that's one of those franchises I always kind of root for. Uh, boy, Bob Ryan looks bad. What the hell happened to him? I don't know, man. He looks like he got He's looked like that for a couple of years now. Dude, he lost a whole lot of weight, uh, and it made him look like he's been going through really he looks a rough like time. Adam Silver's grandpa. My goodness. I, uh, you know, I, he looked better when he was fat. I mean, most Boston guys kind of do. Because, you know, you kind of get that puffy face and all. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. That's awful. Sorry, I digress. But, um, you know, I, I am in, in Desert Texan. Please trade Watson to my Broncos. Listen, Bronco fan and obviously Bear fan now and Saints fan, please stop. You're not getting the guy. There's really only two teams. Uh, I, I say that. So far, what I've seen out of Nick Casario, he's not going to give him away for the 18th pick. Uh, you're going to have to do – and. I, it would have to be more player oriented if you're the Broncos, and I don't think you have the players. I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I know every fan base keeps saying, "Oh," but unless you're Jets fan or Dolphin fan, and I've been saying this for months, and that's why I hate all these, so many of these uh, trades that people throw out. Well, what if we give up this, 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 and this? It's like it's not better than what they're going to get from the Dolphins or the Jets. So you can stop now. Yeah, there's. A, I think a lot of times, too, different fan bases overvalue the players that are on their team. Oh, yeah. And feel like, oh, well, 
if we give them this guy and this guy and two draft picks, that should be enough. The reality is, and this is true of every fan base, you overvalue your guys or you undervalue your guys because yes. you think they all suck. Yep. No, nobody can look at them reasonably. I mean, it's it's just one of the great truths. But, uh, yeah, D. Heaven says Chicago's going off big time for Ed. I hate this move. And then Mark, who's a big Bears fan, said, I don't hate him for $10 million, but they still need to address the position. Yeah, I I get the feeling that maybe it's a very similar situation to what you're seeing here, that Dalton is your bridge guy, and you're going to go get somebody else younger? I can't see you keeping Dalton Foles Trubisky. That makes no sense, right? That makes absolutely no sense, but let's just see what the Bears do because bringing in Dalton and you still – I don't know if they still have uh, Trubisky. They didn't pick up his option, did they? Yeah, I guess he's uh, – yeah, I guess he's still – he's not under contract then. No, I don't think he's under contract with them. So, there you go. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Boy, the action just keeps coming, man. We'll get back to it. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. So, Tyrod Taylor becomes the next step in your Houston Texans. And... I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was around when David Cully was in Baltimore. Maybe, maybe when Cully was in Buffalo. I'm just trying to find out if there's any ties there. But you know, it's uh, it, it's certainly interesting. I don't think it necessarily means Deshaun is gone, but it probably means Deshaun is gone. I mean, it's to me, it's it's almost like a foregone conclusion. Because you wouldn't sign a guy to that type of contract just to come in and be a backup when you've been signing everybody else to, you know, minimal paying salary deals. You wouldn't sign a guy to that kind of contract if, if you plan on having him as just your solid backup, especially because last year you paid A.J. McCarron, what, five, six million dollars to be your backup? Yeah. You wouldn't pay another guy who's a lateral move, if anything, or maybe a bump I, up. I, I, think, a little he's, bit I think he's better than A.J. McCarron. I mean, certainly he's more accomplished in the league. So. Right, but I mean more accomplished to pay him twice as much? Uh, no, and that that's what I need to figure out. I need to see what all the incentives are because if, if it's one of those things where he winds up starting all year and that's how he gets $12 million, okay. Uh, but I, I need to see the actual breakdown because it, it does seem like an awful lot of money unless, okay, this is going to be our starter next year. And, and if it is, it's kind of low for a starting quarterback, which is why it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because they're they're spending cheap here, and they're, and um, which I I don't mind. I mean, they really shouldn't be out there trying to sign Hunter Henry and guys like that, like the Patriots did, because they're not any good. Um, but a lot of one year contracts with guys who might develop into something, I'm totally fine with. Uh, you, you know, Tyrod Taylor's not going to be your answer long term at quarterback. But yeah, you could leap around and win enough games to not have the number one pick next year. Yeah, see, the thing is, is when you sign a guy like that and you sign all these other guys, you're just 
putting bodies in place to make it through the year. It, it, this is setting up to, unfortunately, sorry, Texans fans, they're not going to try to go for it and win championships like the Rockets lie to their fans and say, and then they do the full opposite. But I'm 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 guessing that this is I, I'm still sticking to my hunch that this is a sign that he's the, the they're probably taking calls and they're just not letting it leak out. Well, why would you? I mean, you 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 don't want that getting out because as soon as it gets out that you're going to trade the guy, then teams start trying to squeeze you. And Bronco fan calls with his trade offer. You know, you, you, that's at this point you shouldn't. Now, I think this is a tell, certainly, and you're probably saying, oh, okay. And that being the case, I wonder if there's not a deal already in place. Now, that would be really interesting if there's a deal already in place. Certainly the framework of a deal. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sure that they've made phone calls and, you know, things have been bantied about. Teams have probably called and said, hey, we'll offer this. Would you be willing to take it? And if I'm the Texans, I would listen to all the incoming offers, but I would not counter offer. Because I want to see what everybody else's initial offer is first and then go back to the table and like, okay, look, we, we can talk a deal now. And this is what we're willing to take. And still Curtin asking about what it does for the Casario scale. Well, I'm giving him a half point because, you know, I, I think if this is the precursor to whatever your Watson trade is, then this is a good guy to bring in. And somebody asks, is he better than Andy Dalton? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, of, of all the guys out there who are, you know, is he better than Alex Smith? Well, I don't know. I mean, Alex Smith was healthy last year, and he's older and, and probably on the wrong end of it. But that would, would I rather have Alex Smith? Maybe. Would I rather have Taylor than Andy Dalton? I'd probably rather have Fitzy the most. Oh, of course. Fitz Magic is like, he's but, the quintessential backup quarterback. Because he can win. And so, yes, Casario's at a 2.5. So, if this no, is... There's a three. Three, excuse me. He's at a three. Uh, so if this is a precursor to the Watson trade, now if he makes a bad Watson trade, he's going to go right back to zero. Let's just say that. But if he makes a good Watson trade, he might actually get to average. He might actually get to a five. A good Watson trade could get okhim two, maybe three David Cully was with the Ravens uh, 2019-2020. Tyrod Taylor was with the Ravens in 2011 through 2014, so there was no crossover. Well, when he was in Buffalo, though, because... Buffalo... Uh, I'm pretty sure Josh Allen was already there. Maybe in 2017, because he was the quarterback's coach there, because Cully was the quarterback's coach 2017, 2018. So that one year, 2017, is when they overlapped in Buffalo. The base salary for Tyrod Taylor, $6 million. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. So if he winds up playing... He has to hit all the incentives and play a lot to get the 12 and a half. Um... Yeah, so that's basically that makes like, more sense. We're going to bring you in as our backup quarterback. If we should happen to make this trade, then you can earn up to X amount of dollars. That's basically what that means. Yeah, so if he winds up starting the whole season, he probably makes twelve million dollars. So that's a that is a much more palatable deal. That's why I needed to see what the actual numbers were before we commented on it. If you lose enough to get us the number one pick and never speak of this part of the conversation, yes, you'll get your twelve and a half million and maybe some cash under the table too. Is that how it went? Uh, no, I don't think so. I just think it's, hey, man, you know, we're, we're either going to have you here to mentor a guy like you did Herbert or we're going to have you starting, but we're going to let you compete for the job. Pretty much. That's yeah. what I'm thinking, too. Because it's, I mean, whenever you sign a guy, the base salary and what's actually also guaranteed makes the most sense. The good thing is that it's only a one-year deal. It's not like one of those multiple-year deals. So I want to see what the incentives are. 
is what I'm really interested in, the playing time and whatnot, because there's some incentives where you have to play like 80% of the offensive snaps and uh, throw for, you know, 3,000 yards and different stuff like that. But if it's tied to playing time, I'm wondering what the percentage of the offensive plays are to hit those incentives. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure all that will, will come in. Crystal asked, if Casario is a three, does that make him a mask four? No, that's one dude you put a mask on him, and he still looks creepy. It's those eyes. And Wilt says, you can't start someone at zero. You start at five and then add or remove a point going forward. First off, Wilt, it's my effing scale. I can do it however I want. You do your scale. I'm not going to start somebody who's never done it at average. That's just dumb. Why would you just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to assume he's average because he's never done the job before. That's how the scale works. It starts at zero. You earn points. You do great stuff. You get over average. You do lousy stuff. You stay at zero. So don't tell me what I can and can't do with the scale I created. It's almost like you you work in a job. You clock in. You start getting paid. You clock out. You don't get paid. Pretty simple. Yo, Adrian says he's in Twitter jail for calling Mike Fires a meow ass bitch. Boy, I swear, Twitter is just Twitter is something else these days. You get hey, man, banned and that all kinds of stuff on Twitter for the, the slightest offenses. Like that's probably uh, it's probably the nicest thing anybody said about Mike Fires in two years. Man, you shouldn't get punished for that. Heck no. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, it was an A's fan who reported him. It had the A's, A's half fans. fans? Yeah, they got like six of them. You didn't see them sitting in the stands? They were, they were all socially distant before the Rona hit. Um, Rose, I asked, are there any other backup quarterbacks making $6 million? Well, I mean, if Andy Dalton winds up being a backup, he's making ten. I mean, I, I, that's what Tyrod Taylor made last year. Uh, I, I don't know what Fitzy made last year, but it was uh, – but he, he was actually a starter, so that's a little different. But, yeah, I think five – well – McCarron made five last year. So that's kind of the going rate for a guy who is a perceived quality backup uh, Marcus Mariota made seven and a half last year. Yeah, and I think he's going to make close to that this year. And, and he's a guy that some teams are – the Raiders are looking to trade him because they don't really want to have to pay him that much to be a backup. And I, I still think he's another guy, and, and it's kind of ironic because he lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. It's Patrick but, made $8 million last year. Yeah, it's a little different, though, because he was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, those are the type of numbers where you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, well, if he's making, you know, a $6 million base salary and he's got six more million, in, six and a half more million in incentives, that's pretty accurate. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, Tuesday text or whatever happened to Tom Savage. I'm like, it's a backup. Remember when Bill O'Brien thought he was a better option at quarterback than Deshaun Watson? What about Dave Ragone? What's he been up to these days? God, you keep bringing up the Casserly drafts. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. God, I love those drafts. Remember his explanation for the, the justifying the, um, oh, the corner they got from the Raiders. They went to University of Miami. Uh, Philip Buchanan. Philip Buchanan, uh, yeah. Well, we had an extra second, third, and fourth, so when we sent it off, it was really like we just traded this pick for that pick. Uh, so stupid. So stupid. God, that guy. How did, you know, that guy rolled Bobby Beathard's coattails into another job. That's what he did. Yeah. Although, at least I had a a pretty good relationship with Charlie. Like we'd, have, we'd have lunch. When I was at the Chronicle, we'd have mm-hmm. lunch you know, once a month or so, and 
And he was really good about you know, taking criticism. I mean, he seemed like he was a good guy and everything. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But from all accounts that I've heard of people who've had interactions with him. But, but yeah, he also was really good at excuses. Yes. So, all right. We are going to take a very quick break. Please don't go anywhere. It is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. I ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780. ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. And, uh... You had something you wanted to respond to on Twitter. Yeah, uh, Lamont had asked a couple of questions about some backup quarterbacks, and I was going through right before we went to break with some of the more prominent backup quarterbacks in the league we're making last year. Um, the yearly cash on Jacoby Brissett for the year of 2020 was $15.875 million, And Taysom Hill, his yearly cash last year, well, I can't see his yearly cash from last year, but he signed a one-year twelve. It, it was his contract is weird. Like they they did some creative stuff, and we can get into that a little bit later about what teams are doing with these phantom extensions and voided years to create cap space. But uh, I want to say he was at right around ten or twelve million last year, and he's at r- roughly going to be at the same spot for uh, twenty twenty-one, uh, twelve million for Taysom Hill. And yet another one, Jacoby Brisket off to the Dolphins, which that's interesting because. That's a guy that you sign if you're planning on keeping Tua. But I don't know if you can get Deshaun Watson, you're still gonna you'd still be okay with Jacoby as your backup. Uh, uh, Jacoby's another really good backup quarterback. You can win games yes. with him. Yeah, I need to see what the numbers are on that. So. It's odd because we're we're in this weird state with the NFL right now, where there's a handful of top guys at the quarterback position where you know like that guy's a franchise changer. Then there's like a, a, a few tier two, three guys where it's like, well, you could make the playoffs with these guys or you might be able to be in contention. And there is a crap load of decent to okay backup quarterbacks who you just would, nobody would mind having you having them on their roster. And I'm at the point now where I'm almost willing to say like, there's more of those backup quality roster type of quarterbacks in the league than there are the top tier guys. Well, on Dumas, would you rather have Brisket or Taylor? I'd, I'd probably rather have Jacoby because he's younger. Uh, but, I mean, I'm okay with either guy. I don't think there's a huge difference there. And, and I've seen both those guys win in the league. I've seen Tyrod Taylor take a team to the playoffs. So, while you know, he's never going to be a superstar, I'll take either one of those guys. So I'd, I'd lean towards Brisket, well, Brissette. Everybody keeps calling him Jacoby I, Brisket. I call him Brisket. No, you, you suckered me into it. I was trying to. So I, listen, there, there's certain it. guys that I. Just, I mean, he's Brisket. Joe Burrow is Jose Burrow. I mean, I, there's certain guys that that's just what I call him. If you don't like it, tough. <laughs> it's just hilarious because like you suckered me into starting to call him that. But no, um, 
I, I like Brissett because he's a lot bigger than Tyrod Taylor. He's not as small, injury prone. But Tyrod Taylor is a little bit more athletic, a little bit faster than Jacoby Brissett is. I mean, both guys can escape the pocket and, and, and you know, do a little running down the field. But Tyrod Taylor still provides a little bit more electricity if he's going to do that than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, uh, Brissett's more of a a hard runner. Yes. And, and harder to bring down. Yes, because he's a big dude. Yeah, he he's is. He's a big dude. And, and I, I like him. Again, I don't think, you know, I don't think you're winning 13 games with either guy as your quarterback. Uh, but... You know, if if you that's the best you can do, you're not gonna be a you're not gonna be a complete embarrassment. Now, right? You know, but and, and the the other thing too is is like um, with Brissett being three years younger, he he could still he, get better. Exactly. It, there's there's something there that's still moldable in him that you can see where okay, if he got with the right OC and the right uh, quarterback coach and whatnot. You could see some things in Jacoby Brissett because he has the physical tool. I mean, the guy's 6'4", 238 pounds. Like, prototypical size for a quarterback, right? If if he just got in the right system and was given the right chance, you could see him being, okay, he can be a 9, 10, possibly push it to 11, depending on the talent around him and the defense, that, the special teams that he has. That type of quarterback that can say, okay, you know what, they can be maybe a 3 or 4 seed in either conference and, and be a threat to make the playoffs every year. All right. Well, uh, the backup quarterbacks are flying fast and furious, and, and interesting because uh, report came out from from Schefter that the Bears tried everything they could to get Russell Wilson, and were told he wasn't available. Yeah, they were. I was teasing my son about this because my son decided a few years ago he's a Seahawks fan, and I, I banished him for a little while for that because he left the Saints. But here nor there, um, I was teasing him the whole time, like, bro. Seahawks about to trade Russ. Seahawks going to trade. No, they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade it. I said, man, the Bears are prepared to throw the kitchen sink at him for, for us. No, they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade him. He hears that. He's going to be ecstatic. But I still think that there's going to be some tension in that building whenever Russ walks back into that building. Because you don't just put stuff out there, you know, willy-nilly like he did and his agent dropping hints and making the list of teams and everything else and all the stuff about the demands and the blow-up at the meeting before the Cardinals game and there, there's just going to be some. There's going to have to be some conversations had in order to get back everybody on the same page over there in Seattle. I just can't. I, how can you do all of this in the off season? You're the face of the franchise, team leader, and then walk right back into that locker room, walk right back into that building, act like nothing ever happened. The past is the past, Jermaine. And this, I mean, I mean, not, it, it, it can happen, but I'm just saying, I think that they're going to need to have some conversations about some stuff. Oh, I'm sure they are. And just like if for some reason they, you know, they get it worked out here, guess what? There's going to have to be some conversations. And everybody say, hey, the past is the past. Oh, and, I, I, I mean, that's that's how things work. I, I mean, think I think the situation with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is a less tenable than the one with Deshaun Watson and the folks off Kirby. Less tenable? I, think, I, I don't know. I, I think they're both pretty equal in terms of, Think so? Yeah. The the one difference is is that Wilson is is while still one of the best in the league, his best days are now or behind him. We don't know what what Watson. I mean, it may be that the the best Watson's ever going to be was last year, and you're only winning four games, and he's only but he's only twenty five. So, uh, and just signed his contract. So I think his situation is actually worse. Yeah, maybe you. I, I mean, it's just. Uh. But it was fi- kind of funny with, to me that Pete Carroll's out there saying, 
you know who I wouldn't mind having as a quarterback is that Sam Darnold fella. Uh, that was strange. Oh, I, I think it's basically just a bleep you to Russell Wilson, which uh, that was strange. Yeah. But I mean, because Pete, Pete can be petulant too. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah. And, and see here, here's the thing: when he came out and said something like that, that's almost like okay, Russ, I'm calling your bluff. If you want to do it, do it. Let's go. You want to put stuff out there and leak stuff out there? I'm about to put something out there and leak stuff out there. I love when it gets to this level of petty. Like when the team and the player are going, I love this kind of stuff because it gives us a lot to talk about. And again, Sam Darnold's name coming back up. The guy is still, he's only 23 years old. I still think he can be made something of if he gets, again, same situation. He gets with the coach that can work with him and pull the most talent out of him. I believe in Sam Darnold in the right situation. Well, and it kind of goes back to a point I was about to make about Mark Mariota, and then I, I think I got distracted by Bob Ryan looking dead. But uh, a guy like, and I think Ryan Tannehill is a really good example of this. It, it's like it was easy to give up on him and just say, you know what, this was a bad pick. The guy can't play. You get him away from Adam Gase. You get him into a, a situation where you're a run first, you know, play action. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you know, and the guys had time to develop now under a real offensive coach, and he turns into a good player. And I think a lot of these guys people quit on too soon or they get in situations where they get beat up. And Darnold talking about seeing ghosts, he was in a horrible situation. And see, the, the thing is with, with Tannehill, he had to be in the right system. And we can see Adam Gase is a quarterback killer. He killed Tannehill. He killed Darnold. Like, I don't see how that guy gets another high-ranking job in the NFL. Like, I don't even see him being an OC for someone anytime soon. I could see him having to be like a position coach or something like that, or maybe even going down to the college level as a position coach or maybe an OC at the college level. But his track record, I was surprised that the Jets hired him. Mildly surprised because the Jets do stupid stuff all the time. Trust me. But it was, I mean, his track record is horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. Now, if Sam Darnold goes on somewhere else and, and proves to be a decent quarterback, that's just going to be even more against Adam Gase and present the case like, yes, this guy is a quarterback ruiner. I think the last guy who ruined quarterbacks like this was Jeff Fisher. Oh, yes. <laughs> God, I mean, the night and day difference from the last year he was with the Rams to uh, uh, um, Sean McVay's first year with Jared Goff. Boom. That, that, that well, said a lot. And it wasn't just that. It's like, oh, Case Keenum went there and sucked. And then he goes to Minnesota and gets him to a, a championship game. Exactly. And, and Nick Foles goes out and, and wins a Super Bowl with the Eagles uh, as soon as they got away from him. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that's going to happen with Sam Darnold. But a guy like him, a guy like Mariota, who, you know, now that he's had a couple years to, to step back, a guy like Jameis Winston, who went to the Saints so he could learn and try to, to become a better player. You know, I'm not ready to give up on those guys yet. I think if you give them another chance, you might find out they can play. And if they can't, okay, they've had at least they got another opportunity in a good situation. Right. And the whole thing with Jameis resigning with the Saints, that that was I'm I'm trying to tell some of my fellow Saints fans, just pump the brakes, slow your roll a little bit. Let's just see what he looks like and what he can do. Because I'm still leery of his throwing motion and I'm still leery of his decision making. Now, if he's improved that decision making and whatnot. He's going to be very fun to watch in the Sean Payton offense because he can push that offense more vertical like Breeze used to be able to do when his arm was a lot stronger. But I'm still a little, little, little sketchy on Jameis in the Saints uniform as the starting quarterback. But Sean Payton came out today and said that he and Taysom Hill are going to battle it out for the job, and he sees them as being set at quarterback. Okay. Interesting. 
Well, I I believe in Sean Payton. I mean, I really do, but we'll see. I'm I'm not sold on either cat, to be honest with you. No, but I, I'm I, not re- I'm I, I think the upside with Winston is still there. I think, you know, Taysom Hill is Mormon Tim Tebow. He is perfect in the Swiss Army knife role. I do not want him as my starting quarterback. Nope. All right. We got to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. It is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. Kiss you next week. Something's going wrong. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I really can't. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. No A.J. today. Jermaine Every filling in. So, we were talking a little bit about Texans. They waived four players today. Who they waived? I bet you've never heard of any of them. Uh, Jamon Moore. Nope. Wide receiver, actually from here. Played with the Packers in 2018 and then the Browns before coming to Houston. He originally signed a two-year reserve future contract. How many of those reserve future contracts ever work out, by the way? Uh, Damian Ratley. Nope. Former Aggie receiver. He's been on the practice squad since October. Curtis Bolton. Nope. Michael Bolton's brother. He was uh, inside linebacker. And how about Andre Brown? Uh, nope. Defensive tackle. All what Granado would call big toe guys. Uh, yeah. So basically the four guys they waived, no one's ever heard of. So if the guys you signed are replacing those guys, okay, maybe it's a little bit of an upgrade. So the one good thing that I do see about some of these signings is they, they're signing some guys who a little bit older, have some experience in the league, so they know what it's like you know, to be a professional football player in the NFL. Uh, that'll be good for some of the, hopefully for some of the younger guys that'll be in those same rooms with these guys that they can kind of, you know, shepherd them along, show them the ropes. Hey, this is what you need to be doing, eating, you know, training, practicing, whatever, whatever. It's always good to have a good mix of veterans when you have an influx of younger talent on the team. All right. 713-780-ESPN is your number. I promise you guys a hockey play. This is kind of a hold your nose play because we're talking about one of the worst offenses in all of hockey with the Anaheim Ducks, but Ducks Avs over five and a half. Uh, Avs starting a goalie who is giving up three and a half goals a game. And John Gibson's a really good goalie for Anaheim, but he's been tailing off lately because his team sucks. So pretty sure Colorado will get you the goals. Just need a couple out of Anaheim. Uh, I, I'm not in the habit of betting Anaheim overs most of the time, but the computer says seven goals. Total's five and a half. There's your play for the night. Hopefully it will come through. I'm on uh, After my great stretch of uh, five in a row, I'm one and two on my last three. So so what's your overall record this, this season in hockey? I'm so right around right 77%, which, again, not... So you're still, no, like, floating oh, really high. Yeah, not sustainable. I mean, it, it, if it comes in anywhere near, you know, 67%, I'll be thrilled, and that's probably where it'll wind up. But, you know, I, I'm being very, very selective on the games, and I know people get frustrated because they want, they want to play every night. 
But the the reason that I've been able to be successful is because I'm very, very selective. There's three criteria that I look for specifically. And if it hits all three of the criteria, I play it. If it doesn't, you know, sometimes there'll be a couple where I say, well, I kind of like this one because it's two out of the three. And, and those are coming in around 55%, which is about, you know, that's good. It's damn good. You'll take yeah. it. But um, but that's why I, I, I try not to force it with these things. So, And you're saying the over five and a half. What about Colorado minus 290 money line? Uh, not touching the – I don't mess with the – I mean, that that's way too low. And, and frankly, if you're going to play the money line there, I'd almost go the other way because, like I said, this goalie they're playing tonight is pretty bad. Uh, but no, I, I'm not, I don't play a lot of, I think I've given out three money line plays all year long. Okay. So, and I, I think I, I think I've been right on all three of them. Although one of them was like a, a sweat that I never thought I would have. It's like Edmonton was minus minus one thirty in a game and they were down three, three, nothing right out the bat and they had to come back and win it four, three in overtime. And that was, that was the night we did a parlay and I'm like, oh, that's the safest one of all. Nope, had to had to come back and win. But, it, it always comes down like with parlays. Everybody that I've talked to that has those parlay sweats, it always comes down to the game that you thought was going. Oh, this is safe. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I there was an over earlier in the night that we played. I think it involved Ottawa because Ottawa's been an over machine this year too. And it was like six and a, six six and a half, and they scored ten. So it's like okay, that was safe. It's like uh, my added value here is Edmonton minus one thirty money line. And then the first thing I do after is because it was a late game and the other one was like, all right, we got that. Let's check the score. And I'm like three, nothing. What? <laughs> but they did come back and win. So, but I, I'm not playing a lot of those just because the, the totals, the totals have been pretty reliable now for going on three years. So, you know, I, I I'm, I'm just trying to stick to what works and, um, and try not to, that's, that's the thing. You, you start asking me about stuff like that. And then, then, then you start forcing plays. So yeah, I got no interest. And and minus 290 I would never take on anyone. Um the only time I mean minus 130 is the most I'll eat on something like that. But usually if I'm playing the money line, I'm taking the the dog. So, yeah. The Texans signed defensive end Derek Rivers, formerly of the Patriots, to a 1-year 1.3 million contract. Formerly of the Patriots? Yep. He was their uh, 2017 third-round pick. 6'5", 250-pound. I believe he's a defensive end. Yeah, defensive end. You know, I, I heard uh, an interesting comment from someone that was listening to, I think it was listening to Sirius. I can't remember what channel it was. It's like the Patriots signing all these free agents. It's because they've drafted. They've had such crappy drafts for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, who was there for those drafts? I'm just curious. I uh, believe is, he's called Nick. That's what Cal calls. Right now he's Nick, he's Nick three. Nick three. Yeah. Nick three. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Nick three. But uh, yeah, it. you never know. And, and I think a lot of the times when you come into a situation like this, it's a thing about familiarity with a coach and a GM. They're coming into a new situation. They're trying to turn this franchise back around into somewhat a form of respectability. So they're going to bring in guys that they know, that they have experience with. Let's not get too caught up in the whole Patriot South thing. This is more about familiarity and, and just trying to bring in their type of guys. Again, you have good veteran, solid veteran guys that you know of, that you know are good, you know, quote-unquote Texan-worthy or character guys. You bring them in, 
You blend some of those vets with some young guys that you bring in. You, that's how you create a culture change in your building. You can't create a culture change by bringing in a bunch of young guys, a bunch of rookies, and have no veteran leadership there. You have to have some sort of veteran leadership there. Who do you get to bring in veteran leadership? Guys that you're more familiar with, guys that you've either worked with, coached, or what have you. You bring those type of people into your organization. That's how you change the culture. Yeah, except I, I hate this change the culture crap because this is the same thing O'Brien did. He just brought in people he was familiar with, whether it was coaches or players, and it didn't work. And, 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 and you know, and you can talk about culture change all you want. They're bringing in a bunch of guys who are lucky to have jobs in the NFL, let's be honest. Well, pretty much, just like I said earlier, they're, they're bargain shopping right now. That's all they're doing is bargain shopping, and that's what they need to be doing. They don't need to be going out spending big money because, like, you, you're, you made your point earlier. They're not about to win anything anytime soon. So why go out and spend money on like a Hunter Henry or a Kenny Galladay or a somebody like that, a William Jackson III at corner? Why go out and spend money on guys like that when you're not set up to win immediately? No, that, and that I agree with. But to try to spin it as, uh, well, let's bring in this veteran leadership. you got a bunch of guys who have barely been on rosters, man. <laughs> you know, it's – it's it's uh, and you know, I, I'm tired of hearing about culture from this thing because that's where all this started, right? That's where one fish, two fish – Decided to create a culture, and what happened? You know, the whole thing fell apart. Shout out to the fish. <laughs> yeah, That's funny right there. <sighs> Gosh, but, that guy. And got a grant. They're bringing in special teams players. Yeah, I mean that's. And, and you know what? You upgrade special teams. That's great. I, I, I mean, I think there is some upgrading here. I mean, I want to. I don't want to just say all these guys are eh, because. I do think they've added some legitimate NFL players, at least three or four. And how often do we talk about, wow, how many of these guys would somebody else want? And you know what? Shaq Lawson could find a job somewhere. Marcus Cannon could find a job somewhere. Uh, you know, Andre Roberts could find a job somewhere. Uh, those, are, those are guys they brought in, and I think there's a couple other guys. The rest of them, eh, maybe they're a fit. Maybe they're a fit for what kind of defense. They're switching to a Tampa 2. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to get. And this is the thing. Lovey Smith liked those athletic defensive ends. He likes smaller, quicker linebackers who can, you know, run sideline to sideline. Especially in that Tampa two, where that middle linebacker has to drop a little bit deeper in coverage than the regular cover two. Uh, he wants to have safeties who can float over the top and you know knock your head off, but at the same time play his own. He wants corners who are you know kind of lean, long. Uh, that way, when you're playing that short flat zone, you can you know hurry up, run up, and tackle, but at the same time, you know, you won't let somebody get too far over the top to create that space between you and the safety that's floating over the top over there. So I can kind of see what they're doing. It's just that it's frustrating to see them bringing in, you know, just a bunch of guys and not anybody that can help them win because, unfortunately, this season is a wash, no matter if Deshaun Watson comes back or not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, there's still a lot that you can do, but – I, I mean, I haven't seen them build a roster that if they bring Deshaun back is any different than what they had last year. That's why I've been saying all along, and I know people don't want to hear it, the path to getting decent again faster is trade Deshaun. All right. Quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. ESPN 97.5. 